Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, Hawk fans, to Hawk Talk, another episode. Of course, we're going to break down and talk a lot about Hawkeye football. Going to break down the win versus Kent State, talk offense, defense, special teams, but most importantly, the Hawks extend their win streak to nine games, eight of those games being by double digits. Can you believe that? Double digit wins for, for nine of those games. Pretty awesome, man. Pretty awesome. So let's get right into it. Let's get let's jump right into this thing, man. First of all, first and foremost, special teams, man. Special teams did an amazing job. It was another big day from Tory Taylor. You know what I'm saying? He's all Big Ten performer. Going to be all American this year. Huge day from him and Caleb Shudak. He connected on some big kicks, man, and, and also pinned that, uh, that golden flash offense inside of 20 a number of times, man. Huge, huge game from him. Charlie Jones didn't have the, the return I was calling for in the last show that we had, man. I, I was sure looking for that, that return, man, because I know it's coming. It's coming. But you know what? They, they dealt with a very veteran group, man. Um, I was really hoping for that touchdown. I was really hoping for that. Uh, the core crew, they, they played amazingly well, man. But before I get into too much of this, man, I got to make sure I welcome in my guest for the day. We all have, have met him a number of times. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times. He's a two-time All-Big Ten perennial power. <laughs> I anchored that right tackle position for us uh, for a number of years back uh, dating into early Kurt Ferentz years, end of uh, and, and the end of uh, Hayden Fry's era. Um, but he is here today the real estate mogul out of Chicago, uh, David Porter. David, welcome to the show again, sir. Thank you for joining me. Dude, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, absolutely. And as amazing as it is, man, you know, it's awesome to be able to, to kind of, you know, talk to and have relationships with some of these young folks, man, and be a part of the, the, the crew like we are. And today, man, we have somebody uh, that's a part of the show that's, uh, that's actually a, a player right now. And, you know, it's, it's extremely exciting to be able to have this young man join us on the show today, uh, kind of talk about uh, Hawkeye football, but mainly on defense, especially uh, his, his team leading three interceptions. Let's talk, we're gonna add to the show. Welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Hankins. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining me, man. Matt, hey, Matt, first of all, I gotta say this, bro. I saw, first of all, you're from Louisville, Texas, where the Marcus High School down there in Louisville. But I'm going to go ahead and say this. You were born February 22nd, 1999, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. I will say four months after you were born, bro, I was graduating high school. I can't, it's insane to think about the amount of time you guys are young guys. And, you know, we had the opportunity, David and I had the opportunity to play together 20 years ago, man. It's just, it's insane. But uh, thank you for joining the show, man. This is your fifth year super senior. Thank you, man. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, I, well, before I even get into that, bro, before I even get into talking to you a little bit, I want to talk to David. I want to talk to you about this offense, man. We got this this uh, this Hawkeye offense. It was coming. Uh, Dean road against Kent State started started a little bit slow, man. It was uh got the scoring started on defense. Started with a safety. So you were there. Yeah, you were in, in Iowa City again this past weekend. You had a chance to be there. Talk to us a little bit about what you saw while you were in the stands out there. Well, it, it is what you exactly what you said it was. We we came out kind of slow, and Kent State hit us in the mouth. Is what happened on offense. They, 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 we went out there three now. 
boom. Oh man, you gotta be kidding me. All right, this is this is gonna be a, a, an interesting game. And we luckily had a great punt to set up the defense. I mean, we had two three and outs and we had a great punt that, it, I mean, <laughs> this guy, Tory pinned these guys in the, in the 10, within the 10 yard, within 10 yard lines, I think twice. All right. And he's doing a great job of giving our, giving our gunners a, a chance to get down there, get under the ball. And the way he puts, I call it English on the ball. I guess we can call it, start calling it Australian on the ball. But it's the backward rotation. Sometimes it's coming in as a spiral and the nose comes dip straight down. And when it hits the ball, all the energy just dissipates in throughout the point of the ball. And that, unfortunately, we got a spark from our defense for our offense, right? That safety really sparked our offense. And then you start to see us start to get our swagger back, right? We start getting momentum back. And the offense started putting together a drive, the offensive line. And we got, uh, what was the name? Shot came back in there. So we're starting to get our continuity back, right? You can start seeing the hole start to open up. Tyler Goodson, he, had, he was 22. He runs for 22, 22 times for 153 yards and three touchdowns, right? The best performance of the year for this man. I think it's the best performance of his career. And we're starting to click there. You know, we have a, another piece there. And then I think we're going to be really good on the offensive line. When I talked about the previously about the offensive line getting sticky and actually starting to drive the down linemen up to the second level to the linebacker as opposed to catching them, I started to see more of that. I wish we had come out and like played more inspired football in the beginning. But, you know, it was one of those when we talked about it last time, it was kind of a, I don't want to say a letdown game, but it's definitely a trap game when you're playing a, a top 25 team, then a top 10 team. And you come in, you have Kent State. It's kind of tough to get up for that. And I think that's what we saw early on. Once they settled in, it was consistent performance, consistently getting better. And I think we scored on every in every quarter, right? Yes. So nine, seven, seven, seven. That's right. And they they started to get there. Spencer, he did what he normally does. He was very judicious with the ball. Didn't hurt us, right? I call it unspectacular play, but that was the spectacular part about it. And that he's not making mistakes. He's not hurting us. He's doing things to put us in the position so that our players can get in, I'll call it, real game and in-season form and be where we need them to be at the right time so we can have the right outcome. So I'm overall, it was one of the worst games I've seen with our offense as far as a start. But that was the best thing about it. We persevered and overcame. And at the end, we, we, asserted, our, we asserted our dominance. We really did. We came back. You know, David, we talked about this uh, Kent State team, man. It was uh, a veteran group coming in. We knew that uh, there was, I believe, I want to say 17 out of the 22 starters that were upperclassmen and, tra and grad transfers. So we knew that it was going to be a tough battle for those guys on offense. Uh, the 3-3-5, man, it really offers a lot of difficulty when it comes to trying to set your offense and trying to set, uh, you know, where you want to set your protections as well as where you want to set your mic and how you want to run your zone scheme. So... It, it, they, they definitely offered up some difficulties in, in regards to the looks that they gave the team. Talk to me a little bit about what you saw there and how they were able to pick up some of those blitzes and, and how that kind of affected the running game. So the running game, the 3-3-5, the and we talked about this before, you're talking about really the zone. With the 3-3-5, most of the poles are going to be on the backside, right? that backside cut. We ran 23B, 25B a couple of times. And I'm sitting here looking at it, and you see the hole open up on the backside. And I'm sitting there with uh, Edgar Cervantes and his family. 
and we're watching it because we're right there in the north end zone and you can just see it open like a freaking Mack truck lane. It's just open wide open and the back skin hit it the right time. People think and running the ball is really easy. Like on the field is like in the stands, it's easy for us to see that. When you're out there on the field and everybody's eye level with you and you got all these moving parts going on, you got, you're thinking about a million different things. You don't always see everything. Right. Sometimes the game is going too fast. We have a lot of that going on right now. Our guys, once they start to settle in, they'll start to see it. And he'll start the running backs. They'll start climbing their wall of protection. They'll start seeing their guys and just following the color of jerseys. They're called the sea of protection. It's our offense linemen and uh, even our tight ends. And he'll just ride that backwards naturally to that backside hole. Right. One time, I think it was like five yards wide, but it opens quickly and it closes quickly, too. You know, that reminds me of, man. You know, that reminds me as I listen to you talk. It reminds me of um, back in our day when we had Fred Russell. I think he used to line up probably 10 yards away from where that ball was just so he can, because he was so fast and he was able to hit that hole so quickly that if he was, if he would have been any closer, he would have missed it, just like you're talking about. So having that extra depth kind of gave him the vision to be able to see those holes unfold as he was running. So that's what kind of brings me to that thought process when you bring that up, man. So, um, we also had, we're talking a lot about T. Goodson, amazing game, like you mentioned, career game. Uh, we also had great output from Ivory Kelly Martin, uh, Gavin Williams, also got some runs in. You know, unfortunately, my guy, I love, I love Ivory Kelly Martin, man. Great ball player. Unfortunately, put on the ground a couple of times, man, unfortunately. So you got to watch that, man. Gonna get, we, need, we need him going down the stretch. But got to make sure he handles and takes care of that ball. That's, that's a big concern going forward. You know, those are two compromising positions that kind of, that he was kind of in that uh, caused that to happen. But, uh, you know, those, those things are, are things that we got to get cleaned up. Moving over to the passing game. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, Goodson's stats, career day. Spencer Petrus, he went 25 for 36 for 209 yards and a, and a passing touchdown with an overall QBR of 55.6, man. Again, you being there, he, Definitely distributed the ball very well. He got seven passes out to uh, to Sam Laporta. Man, Laporta, like we mentioned before, man, he is definitely the go-to guy. He's he's emerging as, as a tight end as the go-to receiver for for Spencer Petrus, and he's uh, continuously made play after play. You know, coming up with another touchdown in this pass game. Uh, Nico Regani got into the action. You know, we hadn't seen a whole lot of him in the first two games, but he got into the action as well with four adding four catches as well as as well as that huge forty-eight yard. Uh, bomb that he was able to come down with and, uh, you know, huge plays from him. Tyrone Tracy, other guys started to, to kind of show up, man. Talk to me a little bit about what you saw and you felt from Spencer Petrus in this passing game and how that, uh, how the offense is, is, is growing and, and getting better. So as you're saying, and you just said it, we're starting to spread the ball around, right? We're getting more and more people involved, right? Tyrone Tracy getting his hand on the ball. That's going to make it easier when Sam Laporta is, like we need him to show up too. So when we get more varied we are with our receivers and, the, and who we're passing the ball to, it makes it harder for the defense to zone in on like say, hey, this is the guy. So I guess Sam, we know Sam Laporte is a heck of a tight end for us. If he's our only weapon, all they gotta do is shut him down, right? We don't wanna be that. We don't wanna be one dimensional with our, with our, our passing game, right? We wanna be very, we wanna be varied. I look at Tom Brady and what he does and how he spreads the ball around. You just don't know who's going to show up that day, right? We want all of our guys, when they look at us, like, we don't know who to defend. We got to defend them all. 
hey, we're man to man the whole freaking game. That's what it is. <laughs> we're dropping back in the zone the whole game because either way we go, we lose. That's a great position to be in as an offense. You know, we're, we're God, Sam, he's averaging what almost nine yards, almost little under, little under 10 yards of carry, little 10 yards of catch right now. You're talking about a beast. This year, I believe he's already doubled his receptions from last year. Mm. And we're three games into the season. I expect great things out of him. Mm. I really do. No doubt. No doubt. So it, it, it's, it's interesting. You know, you talk about that and uh, his average and what he's been doing so far this season. You know, I think it's amazing to see how all these young guys get an opportunity to kind of come in. And, you know, this is what uh, college football is about. Every year you come in, you have fresh new faces and you have new players that come in and, and get an opportunity. Luckily, we have a young man on here right now that can kind of talk a little bit about what he's seen in practice and what he sees from his guys, man. So, Matt, man, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and toss it to you. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you're – are you surprised about what you're seeing from Sam or any of these receivers in this receiving core, especially with what you've been seeing since going back to uh, spring ball? I can honestly say I'm not surprised at all especially out of Sam, because, you know, coming in his freshman year, you know, he was making plays already in practice. I remember there was one time in practice he made a diving one-hand catch towards the sideline. Oh. And from that moment on, like, yeah, yeah, Sam right there, he a ball player. But uh, just going back through fall camp and competing with all these guys on offense, you know, I'm not surprised that they started to spread the ball around because that's what they were doing during fall camp. And like, like David said, the more we get, more guys into it, just the harder it will be for, for them to stop the offense. No doubt, no doubt, man. So let me ask you this. You, again, you get a chance to, to practice against Spencer Petras on a daily basis in practice. Are you, how do you, are you at all surprised with, with his, uh, with, with how hot he started so far? He has no interceptions yet on the season, uh, has a number of touchdowns. He's doing very well, man. What, are you surprised at all about what Spencer's putting out there on the field? Not at all. Again, he's been putting in the work. You know, I see him in the film room every day, you know, just grinding and out and definitely just improving each day as well. You know, I think he's came a long way from last season to this year, you know, and just his reads and looking the DBs off and trying to, you know, fit some tight throws in there. And he has done that this year. Um, I told him last, last week, two of the best throws I seen him make was to Lachey and uh, Charlie Jones on the touchdown, you know, the one to Lachey is in a tight window. And then to Charlie, right over the top of the safety and it's in one spot that only Charlie could get it. So I feel like he just go keep getting better. Nice, nice. You know, and obviously having the opportunity to compete against a guy like him obviously sharpens you, right? I mean, iron sharpens iron. It's a great opportunity to compete. That's what, uh, that's what practice is for. That's how teams become better. Um, we're going to go ahead and shift to the defense, man. I'm, I'm excited to, to talk a lot more about that. You know, when we talk offense, I'm always excited about talk offense. I mean, put up 30 points, uh, 28 of which from the offense. So it's extremely, extremely amazing. But the Hawkeye defense started again. You know, it was, it's, it's, I got to be honest, the Hawkeye defense stole the headlines. It gave up passing completions of 48 and 45 yards to Kent State receiver Keyshawn Abram. But buckled down on other other than that, man. To be honest with you, the Golden Flashes had 93 yards on those two big plays, but only had uh, 62 total. I mean, 62 other than that, they had a total of 167 yards. So, uh, other than those two plays, those two big pass plays, uh, guys held them to a very minimum amount of, of yardage. 
I thought the effort um, was amazing, man. And so much so that I even pulled a quote from uh, the post game uh, from Coach Ferris himself. He said he, he thought the effort today was 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 really great. Uh, they played extremely hard. Uh, there were a lot of good responses out there to some of the things that uh, that Kent State threw at you. Um, let's talk a little bit about it, um, Matt. You guys obviously faced it. I mean, uh, we talk about, and I'll start like this. Uh, for me, in my experience, having played Kent State back in 2001, I believe it was, 2001, you know, being a MAC team, being back in those days, you know, MAC teams weren't necessarily um, the strongest teams in the country. However, this MAC team, this Kent State Golden Flash team, uh, was definitely laden with a lot of seniors, juniors, and grad transfers, man. Talk to us a little bit about how competitive and how tough that team was that took the field against you guys on Saturday. All right. So like you said, Coach Ferrin said, you know, it was good effort all around. And, you know, I can't lie about that, but they prepare just like every other team in the country do too. You know what I'm saying? So they, we all coming out on the field to compete at one time. And, you know, sometimes it's going to be like that where we might start off slow as a defense, as an offense, you know, but you just got to overcome the adversity. And really it's about at the end of the day, who wants it more? And I think that's what, that's what showed, you know, they, they had some big plays, but we was able to come to come together and stop them and then finish out. Dave, while you were sitting up there in the stands, man, talk to us about how that energy was in the stands uh, when that Hawkeye defense took the field. And, and especially, you know, we got a safety out there, man. Talk to us a little bit about how that got the place rocking to start scoring for us. So when the defense came out and they sparked right after the uh, that great punt by Torrey, it, you are – it was a situation where I think we were just following the boobers that had just come out from the from the entire the audience, right? All the fans throwing the boobers, and then we get safety from the defense. Holy smokes! <laughs> you talking about changing the momentum of the game and changing everybody's like the paradigm shift that occurred right at that at that time with everybody in the stadium. It went from like just come on to like that's our defense. That's what we're talking about. Then we just steamrolled. At that point, it, it was it was a great thing to watch. The D line got after them. I don't know how many sacks was it? Seven sacks for the day. Seven I mean, sacks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, these guys, they just kept going at them, going at them. They were relentless. It, it was great. It was a really great thing to watch. It really was. My God. Other than a couple of big plays, I, I thought they played about as well as I've seen them play in a while. So. Again, you mentioned the seven sacks and and the pressure, the constant pressure that uh, that Crum was under. I mean, we talked about him and his ability. Uh, he, you know, it's, it's sometimes you gotta you gotta consider. We're talking about a, a senior uh, at that position and Dustin Crum, who led that team the year before as a six three senior. He's he, like I mentioned in, in the uh, in the pregame. He is a, he's the third leading rusher on that team, and of course he gets the ball in his hands every single play. So and he had the canny ability to, to escape pressure and kind of get out on on the edges. So talk to us a little bit about that, um, Matt, in terms of when a quarterback uh, has that ability to, to kind of get out on the edge, what kind of pressure that puts the defense under and how that defensive line was able to corral him for seven, seven sacks, what that how that helped uh, the defensive secondary to complete the mission of the game the other day. Yeah, so. For in the back end, you know, it makes it a lot harder when a quarterback is able to scramble and extend the play because, you know, 
really a, a play is about six seconds. But once it goes on further than that, and you got stay with a receiver longer than that, you know, it gets a lot harder. But uh, the way our D-line was handling it, you know, keeping them contained and then not letting him step up in the pocket really allowed us to – allow them to get the seven sacks, which, you know, made it a lot easier on us, you know, just covering for the six. And then when he do try to scramble, somebody come in there and, and take him down. So, you know, it's a good team effort all around. And, you know, back end got a front end, front end got the middle, all that. So. No doubt, no doubt. So we did see where our man um, – What's our man's name? Uh, I can't think of his name. David, what's, what's our man's name? Out of three there. Um, Riley Moss. We did see Riley, Riley, Riley kind of got himself in trouble a couple times in the game. Oh, yeah. We're in the backfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, uh, yeah. how does that happen in, in, in your opinion, Matt? And to be honest with you, you know, we're all family here. There's no, you know, we're not gonna hold the fire to anybody, but we want, we're talking about, you know, a situation where uh, we give up two big plays uh, consecutively and probably something that we'll see again moving, moving forward in the season. How do we correct what happened in that game, Matt? All right, so I can't speak on everything uh, fully, but a, a big part of it was just, you know, bad eyes. So when the defensive bat has his eyes in the backfield, trying to read the three-step for too long, the receiver would get up on you, and if he run a vertical, he go eventually burn you. And so this this past week, you know, we was trying to work on a three-step, but the way they had their offense set up, they had a lot of mesh going on between the running back and the quarterback. So it's really no three-step that you can read. So once you see the mesh, you got to get your eyes back to your man. And unfortunately, uh, the two times, you know, Riley was reading the three-step a little too long and just got beat. I mean, it wasn't nothing physical, it wasn't nothing mental. You know, it just, you know, just bad eyes. That's all this game is so difficult, especially these spread offenses that run <clears throat> that RPO type of scheme, man, where they, where they kind of get, get put that ball in that running back's belly and kind of, you know, take it out to throw that pass. It's tough, especially on those linebackers. But uh, in the secondary, especially, like you mentioned, you know, having to kind of watch to make sure it's not a run first while that receiver's kind of barreling down on you. You know, it's easy for us to sit up in the stands or to sit at home and, you know, kind of say various things about what should have happened, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, it's different when you're on that field. Just like Dave was mentioning, when you're eye level, things happen a lot quicker. Things happen a lot um, more intense. So it's, 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 not a, it's not the easiest thing to have to deal with. So regardless, he, Riley definitely made up for himself when he had that, uh, that fumble with the recovery in the end zone and the running back tried to lunge. It came out on him. Uh, he had that fumble recovery for us. And obviously we got the ball back and got opportunity to score again. So... Matt, I'm glad I have you here, man. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what what going into that game, obviously against Kent State, against a MAC opponent. How do you focus in? How does the team focus in and stay focused, considering you come off of two huge wins against two ranked opponents, one of which being your in-state rival? How do you guys manage to flip the switch and stay focused? On, well, I shouldn't say flip the switch, but how do you guys maintain focus against uh, an unranked opponent in Kent State? As they come in, that comes into Kinnick Stadium with upset-minded intentions all around. Uh, you know, we just we just try to keep our focus on on the next game. You know, what I'm saying, you just keep your your head where your feet are and just take it day by day. Um, you got to respect each opponent because this is college football, and we've all seen the the upsets. You know, teams that are lesser opponents beating 
greater teams. So it's happened before, and you know, you gotta continue keeping our head where we are. Can't get too big of a head, you know, being three and zero. Can't take any team for granted because at the end of the day, one team go lose and one team go win. And you know, if it's ugly, it's ugly. But that's the business. It's either a win or a loss. So. Mm-hmm. Hey. A win 21 to 20 is sexy to me, man. I don't care. Right. You win 16 to 15. Hey, that W is a W. Man. I can yeah. say that's the in the world. That's right. Nope. Um, all right. So Kent State, you know, veteran group, difficult group. Uh, have you had a chance to to kind of get ready for this upcoming game, this upcoming opponent? You guys have Colorado. State coming in this week. What is it, what, uh, have, you had a chance, have you had a chance to take a look at them at all and, and uh, get a little jump on the film on them? Yeah, most of them. We had our first practice today. Um, we got some film in yesterday, actually, after our little shakeout run. Watched a half half a game, the whole defense. Um, been watching film. I mean, for me, I mean, I don't have too many classes. I got yoga in a class that's online that you just do whenever the due date is. So for me, I'll be watching film pretty much all day, every day, and just getting as much as I can. By the end of the week, I'm sick of watching film. Like, it just – I'm at to the point where, like, it's tiring. You know, I just want to play the game already. So that's that's the – I can say for myself, that's the amount of film I'm putting in. And I know for a fact a lot of the other guys are too. So I think we're going to be good. Okay, so I guess I'll ask you another question. Um, as it pertains to having the uh, the ranking of being fifth ranked, man, this is the highest rank that the Iowa Hawkeyes have been in almost 20 years uh, at this point in time, 20 plus years at this point in time of the season. How do you as a as a player, current player, how do you stay grounded and not let that go to your head? Uh, honestly, I don't have any social media, so I don't be seeing all the hype, don't be hearing none of it, so you know, I just I hear from the teammates, you know, from family, whatnot. So I just, you know, take it and like, okay, just hear it and let it slide. Because Coach Ferns be telling us, you know, it don't matter about what we rank right now. It's about the end of November going into December, what you rank. So that's the way I look at it. That's how I try to tell the younger players. You know, the younger players coming up to me talking, oh wow, we we rank number five and all this and that. And I just tell them, look, it's it don't matter about that right now. You know, we just got. Keep our head on the right path and just keep rolling. Yeah, now that reminds me of us when we were playing. We got on a roll, and it just got to the point where we stopped watching. Um, I, I don't know, I'll speak for myself. The social media, all the hype that surrounded what we were doing that year, just all kind of went away, and we started to retreat within ourselves, right? And it got to the point where our stiffest competition was at practice. All right, we were competing with each other. And when we got out, of them, out there on the field, the other team was kind of like, I hate to say it this way, but they didn't really matter. All right, it was, it was what we did, eliminating our mistakes, making sure we performed our best, right? And so that kind of leads me to my question. You guys are playing 707. And this, say so it practice, right? And say 10 times, we going against each other 10 times. Who wins, offense, defense? We got sure. It'd be it'd be days. It'd be days where offense win and days where defense win. I'll say that. I'm uh-huh. not gonna say who wins the most, but definitely it, it'd be doves on both sides. You ain't gotta be PC, man. It's okay. It's all right. 
I ain't gonna put nobody out there like that. But you know, <laughs> if he does on both sides, you know, one day to get it, the next day offense to get it. That's the way to do it. Hey, that's the way. To, don't let Dave bait you into saying yeah, nothing. I'm, I'm not baiting you. I'm not. No, this no, is the family. He's a fellow Pisces. I'm February 23rd. He's February 22nd. This is. Per- I would not do that to this man. Okay. No. Hey. Yes. I'm five, I'm five the game. Game. I, I know better. Listen, I'll say it for you, Matt. The defense wins most of the time, Dave. You know why the defense wins most of the time? Because we see the same exact thing from y'all over and over again. And we know what it looks like. So we, we we win most of the time. That's why defenses win championships. You've heard the mantra. Oh, heard you understand where it comes from. It comes from wow. the we, That's where you are right now. Okay. Stronger. If you have a strong team, the defensive side or zero zero, strong that makes sense to me. Total sense. Hey, zero zero. Somebody's got to score. Somebody got to score. Hey, I mean, listen, listen. If, if, if we all think back, Matt, you were a young guy at this point. In two thousand five, <laughs> we won a game six to two. We didn't need the offense to win that game. Sorry, it was field goals. So, yeah, hey, it'd be like that sometime. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a team effort. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like it. Hey, man, I appreciate it. I need it. to get an offer. Otherwise, man. I got to deal with this guy by myself over here. I appreciate you. No, I need to It's definitely a team effort. There's no question it's a team effort. However, mm. I, I'm here to say that we know who wins championships. And I appreciate the fact that Matt was able to come on here and justify the fact that defenses are what wins championships and the importance of them continuing to, to continue on this win streak, making 10 wins in a row, defense is going to have to show up. Offense is going to have to do their job as well. However, defense has to show up, Dave. Yes. I, I wouldn't do that to you, Matt, but, but okay, I get it. Hmm. All right. Well, listen, I think on that note, I think we got what we need. This is a, a great opportunity, great talk again. Thank you all for joining us on Hawk Talk. It's been awesome talking to my brother, David Porter, and we've had a great opportunity to have current Iowa Hawkeye senior, uh, currently, actually, Matt. Hey, I want you to know that they got you They got you second team preseason, all Big Ten, man. What are your thoughts on that and what you foresee for yourself moving forward this season, brother? I mean, it's good, but it ain't good enough for me. I'm trying to, trying to improve that first, first all team. You know, I, I got higher standards than what that is. So that's what I'm coming for. I'm not going to say too much more. I just go let the performance show. There it is. Boy. I, I love that, man. Hey, hey, that's a man after my own heart, man. He don't let his, he don't let his play speak for him rather than his words. So yes. that's, the, that's, how, that's a man after my own heart. I could appreciate that right that day. Absolutely. Thank that's real leadership. I like that. Yeah, that's what that's how you lead this team right there. That's how you do it. Well, with and again, with that note, with that note, appreciate you all for joining us on Hawk Talk. We'll catch you all for the pregame heading into Colorado State coming up in the next show. Thank you all for joining me. Colin Cole and joined with David Porter and current Hawkeye Matt Hankins. Thank you all again for joining us on the show. God bless and take care. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.